Hi everyone, I'm Jarabella Abililia, a first-year PhD student under Dr. Stein. Today, I will discuss my master's thesis conducted at the University of the Philippines, Las Banos in 2012 under Dr. Sonia Akda, entitled Standardized Total Tract Digestibility of Phosphorus in Rice Bran with and without phytosupplementation in swine diets. Here is my presentation outline. First, I will discuss some background on rice bran, and then I will proceed to the discussion of our experiment, including the materials and methods and results of the experiment, and at the end, I will provide some conclusions based on what we observed. After corn and wheat, rice is the third most important cereal crop in terms of production volume. Asia have the largest share in the world rice production. With over 200 million metric tons, China is the world's leading rice producer, while India is a country with the largest area where rice is harvested. It is then followed by Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, and the rest of the world, which includes the USA that produces 1.5% of the total global rice production. Just a little background, this is a structure of rice grain. The outer layer, or commonly known as rice hull, includes the lemma, palea, and on. This layer has no feeding value for non-ruminant animals. Underneath the hull is a bran which includes the nucellar tissue, seed coat or testa, pericarp, and aluron layer. The rest of the grain consists of embryo and endosperm, or commonly known as polished rice. Rice milling is composed of two steps. The first one is the removal of hulls, which produces your brown rice, and the second one is the removal of germ and bran layers from the brown rice to produce the white rice. Aside from brown or white rice production, rice milling also produces other rice co-products, such as rice hulls, which is usually used by ruminant animals as feed or beddings, broken rice, which includes parts of the endosperm with length less than 25% of the whole kernel, and these are usually used by brewers or further processed to produce starch or also used as an animal feed, and rice bran, which is categorized into full-fat and defatted rice bran. Full-fat rice bran is further processed using either solvent or mechanical method to extract rice bran oil and consequently produce the fatty rice bran. For this study, I will focus more on the full-fat rice bran. Now let's look at the milling process yield of rice. According to International Rice Research Institute, or IRI, an international independent research and training organization with headquarters in Los Baños, Philippines, when pyrorized is the hulled, it produces 20% hulls and 80% brown rice. When brown rice is further processed for white rice production, it produces 70 to 72% white rice and 8 to 10% rice bran. This means that if the world production of rice is 800 million tons per year, we are also producing as much as 80 million tons of rice bran per year. The amount and quality of rice bran we produce is affected by several factors, including the milling process and variety of rice. This graph shows the nutrient composition of full-fat rice bran according to different references, namely NRC, which is here in the U.S., INRA from Europe, 
Brazilian table from Brazil, and filson from the Philippines. This just shows that rice bran nutrient composition vary among different countries. Also, full-fat rice bran is a rich source of energy because of the high fat content, which is 11 to 15%, and it also contains 12 to 15% crude protein, 22 to 27% starch, and 4 to 7% fiber. Aside from the other nutrients mentioned, full-fat rice bran contains a relatively high total phosphorus content, which is 1.48% versus 0.26 and 0.71% for corn and soybean meal respectively. However, each 5% of total phosphorus is bound in phytate form, which means a lot of the phosphorus content is not utilized efficiently. This could be improved by supplementation of phytase and proper evaluation of its bioavailability. The system commonly used in evaluating phosphorus in feed ingredients for the previous years is the relative bioavailability or the RBV or available phosphorus. However, aside from the inconsistent results of assay and influence of the assay criteria used, RBV values are not additive in mixed diets. This means that the sum of RBV phosphorus values from two or more phosphorus sources in the diet does not equate to actual available phosphorus of a whole diet. This could lead to either under or overestimation of the phosphorus in the raw materials, resulting in poor animal performance or environmental problems, respectively. Hence, the new NRC recommends the use of digestible phosphorus, more specifically the standardized total tract digestibility of phosphorus which is a more accurate system of evaluating phosphorus digestibility as it accounts for the basal endogenous phosphorus losses and is more additive in mixed diet compared with other evaluation systems. Before the conduct of this study, there was no actual experiment on the standardized total tract digestible phosphorus content in full-fat rice bran. Hence, we conducted this study. The objective of study 1, experiment 1, is to determine the ATTD and STTD of phosphorus in rice bran without and with phytase in growing pigs. For experiment 2, the objective is to evaluate whether the in vitro procedure can be used to estimate in vivo phosphorus release in rice bran. For study 2, the objective is to validate the effect of diets formulated based on STTD of phosphorus and the growth performance of growing pigs. Let's start with study one, experiment one, which is a determination of digestibility of phosphorus in rice bran. A total of 36 barrels with initial body weight of 22.3 kilograms were randomly allotted to corn, U.S. soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran semi-purified diets with and without phytase in a randomized complete block design with body weight as a blocking factor. Six individually penned pigs were assigned to each of the six formulated diets. Corn and soybean meal served as reference ingredients for the validation of results with full-fat rice bran since the SCTD of P of the said ingredients were already established. The diets were formulated by mixing cornstarch and brown sugar with each of corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran. Three additional diets identical to the initial diets were also formulated with the exception that 500 units of phytos were added. The test ingredients 
namely corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran, were the sole source of phosphorus in six diets. Vitamins and all minerals, except phosphorus, were included in the diets according to NRC 1998. Purified diets were formulated using cornstarch, brown sugar, and oil as source of energy. Pigs were fed their experimental diets for 10 days. The first five days was considered as an adaptation period to the diet. Pigs were fed twice daily. The amount of feed per day given to the animals was three times the maintenance energy requirement of the animal. The amount of feed offered and refusals are recorded to determine the actual feed intake of individual animal. Water was made available at all times. Feces were collected from day 6 to 10 according to marker-to-marker -marker approach, wherein marker, specifically the chromic oxide in this experiment, was used to determine the beginning and the conclusion of fecal collections. Data were analyzed using mixed procedure of SAS. The model included diet, phytase, and interaction of diet and phytase as fixed effects and block as random effect. Ellis means were calculated for each independent variable and means separated using the PDF option. Level of significance and tendencies where P less than 0.05 and P less than 0.10, respectively for all statistical tests. We now move on with the results. This graph shows the ATTD of P in the ingredients. This is calculated by subtracting the phosphorus output from the phosphorus intake. The red bars are the ATTD of P values for ingredients without phytase, and the green bars are the ATTD of P values for ingredients with phytase. For corn, the ATTD of P without phytase was 47%, which is relatively higher than previously reported in NRC 2012. Addition of phytase increased the ATTD of P from 47 to 66%. For soybean meal without phytase, the ATTD of P was 38%, which is almost the same as reported in NRC 2012. And since the soybean meal used in this study is from the U.S., this clearly validates the procedure and results obtained in this experiment. The ATTD of P in soybean meal is increased to 68% upon phytase supplementation. For full-fat rice bran without phytase, the ATTD of P was 47%, which is more than three times higher than the value reported in NRC 2012. The ATTD of P in full-fat rice bran increased to 62% when phytase was added. Let us now move on to the STTD of P of the ingredients. STTD of P accounts for the endogenous phosphorus losses, and it has been established in the NRC 2012 that the average value of basal endogenous phosphorus losses is 199 mg per kilogram dry matter intake. This value was then used to correct ATTD of P to calculate STTD of P. In this experiment, STTD of P of corn without phytase was 53%, which was increased to 73% when phytase was added. For soybean meal without phytase, this STTD of P was 46%, which is again almost the same as reported in NRC 2012. The STTD of P was then increased to 73% upon phytase supplementation. For full fat rice bran, the STTD of P was 50% without phytase, which is more than twice higher than the published value in NRC 2012. 
This could mean that phosphorus bioavailability in full-fat rice bran had been underestimated and hence inefficiently utilized as a source of phosphorus. In conclusion, higher phosphorus digestibility values of full-fat rice bran was observed than previously reported. Also, improved digestibility of phosphorus in full-fat rice bran was observed when supplemented with phytase. Let us now move on to the second experiment in study 1, which is the in vitro determination of phosphorus release in rice bran. The in vitro procedure developed by Liu and his colleagues in 1997 was used to estimate phosphorus release of diets used in the experiment 1. The procedure is composed of two enzymatic digestion, namely peptic digestion and pancreatic digestion, which basically simulates the environment in the stomach and small intestine of swine, wherein microbial dephosphorylation and mineral absorption occur. For peptic digestion, wherein phosphorus digestion in the stomach was simulated, one gram of finely ground feed sample was mixed with 2 ml of 0.18N hydrochloric solution containing 1,500 units of pepsin per ml. The sample was then sealed, vortexed, and incubated at 39 degrees Celsius for 75 minutes. The sample was then subjected to pancreatic digestion, which is simulation of the small intestine, wherein 0.65 ml of a 1m sodium bicarbonate containing 3.7 mg pancreatin per ml was added and mixed. Slurry was then transferred to a dialysis tubing, which is 12,000 to 14,000 molecular weight cut off and then sealed with glucose. The sample was then dialyzed in 100 ml of 0.05 m pH 6 succinate buffer containing 0.1 m sodium chloride and 0.02% sodium azide at 39 degrees Celsius for 60 to 240 minutes. Finally, phosphorus concentration in succinate buffer was determined using the procedure described by AOAC in 1984. Potassium dihydrogen phosphate was used as standard using the preparation described in the set procedure. The standards succinate buffers and blank samples were analyzed for absorbance using spectrophotometer. The absorbance of standards and corresponding phosphorus concentration were analyzed for regression equation. This equation was used to estimate the phosphorus content of the diet in blank samples. Blank was used to correct for absorbance other than phosphorus from the diets. Then, the digestibility values obtained were compared with the results of the in vivo trial. Let us now move on with the results of the assay. This graph shows the in vitro release of phosphorus in corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran without phytase, as presented in yellow bars, and with phytase, as presented in blue bars. The amount of phosphorus in the succinate buffer was equated as the total tract digestible phosphorus, as succinate buffer contained the phosphorus released during peptic and pancreatic digestion, simulating the phosphorus digestion absorption in the stomach and small intestine and without endogenous secretion of phosphorus or basal endogenous phosphorus losses. Using corn as a substrate, release of phosphorus was improved from 5.8% to 38.5% 
with 7.13 times improvement upon supplementation of phytase. Release of phosphorus from soybean meal was increased from 5.4 to 26.7%, which is about six times improvement when phytase was added. Likewise, release of phosphorus from full-fat rice bran improved from 2.9 to 19%, which is more than six times improvement with phytase. The in vitro release of phosphorus were then compared with the in vivo phosphorus digestibility in the experiment 1. We can observe that in general, the percent improvement in the phosphorus release using in vitro procedure was higher than the percent improvement in the digestibility of phosphorus using in vivo procedure. The variation between both procedures may be attributed to differences in the actual digestion conditions, namely pH, temperature, digestion time, among others, thus affecting the activity of enzymes and consequently the release of phosphorus. The values were then analyzed to determine relationship between the two assays. The correlation value for the results was 0.94, which indicates there is a strong positive linear relationship between the two procedures. This means the in vitro procedure was able to detect improvement in the digestibility of phosphorus when phytase was supplemented, as observed in the in vivo procedure. This validates the observation in the in vivo study. Regression analysis was conducted to predict in vivo STTD of P given an in vitro phosphorus release value. The regression equation, which is y is equal to 0.7869x plus 47.142, represents the mean change in the in vivo STTD of P for one unit of change in the in vitro phosphorus release while holding other predictors in the linear regression model constant. This means for every additional 1% in in vitro phosphorus release, the in vivo STD of P is expected to increase by an average of 79%. The linear model explains 88% of the total variation in the in vivo STD of P. In conclusion, the in vitro procedure can be used to predict in vivo results, and this may need more applications to minimize bias on the results. Let us now move on to the growth performance of the animals. This study is basically a validation of the digestibility coefficient obtained in study 1, experiment 1, wherein the animals were expected to have the same performance given diets formulated to contain the same amount of nutrients with coefficient of STT of P of ingredients obtained in study 1, experiment 1. The same group of barrows with initial body weight of 33 kilograms, were randomly allotted to four treatment groups following a 2 by 2 factorial arrangement in a randomized complete block design. Factors involved were inclusion of full-fat rice bran, 0 and 10%, and inclusion of phytase, 0 and 500 FTU per kilogram, with body weight and location as blocking factors. Each treatment diet was replicated nine times with each pig penned individually. The treatments were as follows, corn-soybean meal with and without phytase, and corn-soybean meal full-fat rice bran with and without phytase. Four diets were formulated using the STTD of P in corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran obtained from study one, experiment one, wherein two different values of STTD of P 
per ingredient were used in formulating diets with and without phytase. Two diets were formulated consisting of corn soybean meal with and without full-fat rice bran as basal diets. Two additional diets identical to the basal diets were also formulated with the exception that 500 units of phytase were added. We can observe that the MCP supplementation decreased with the supplementation of phytase and or full-fat rice bran. All diets were formulated to contain 0.31% STTDP, same ME and SID amino acid, and vitamins and minerals met or exceeded the requirement for growing pigs. When calculated for available phosphorus content, the experimental diets contained different available phosphorus values. For corn soybean meal with and without phytase, available phosphorus values were 0.28% and 0.20, respectively. For corn soybean meal full-fat rice bran with and without phytase, 0.22% and 0.12%, respectively. Likewise, the experimental diets contained different total phosphorus. This is due to the reduction or complete elimination of MCP when full-fat rice bran and or phytase were added in the diet. The animals were expected to have the same growth performance given diets with the same level of STD of P regardless of the total and available phosphorus values of the diets. Feed and water were given on ad libitum basis. Pigs were fed with their respective diets for 28 days. In the 24th day, 0.2% chromic oxide was included in the diet to serve as a marker. Grub sampling of feces was done when fecal matters turned totally green. The samples were then stored in a freezer and after three days of collection, the feces were then pooled per animal per diet and prepared for analysis. Data were analyzed following a factorial experiment using the mixed procedure of SAS with pigs as the experimental unit. The model included diet, phytase, and interaction of diet and phytase as fixed effects and blocks as a random effect. Least square means were calculated for each independent variable and means were separated using the PDIF option. Level of significance and tendencies were set at P less than 0.05 and P less than 0.10, respectively for all statistical tests. Moving on with the results. There was no phytase full-fat rice bran interaction in any of the growth parameters measured. There was also no difference in ADG, ADFI, gain-to-feed ratio, or final body weight between pigs fed diets without and with phytase and diets with zero or 10% full-fat rice bran. This verifies the accuracy of the digestibility coefficients observed in study one, experiment one, and implies that pigs given different diets formulated with the same level of STTD of P will have the same growth performance regardless of total or available phosphorus. This also indicates that phytase was able to release significant amount of phosphorus from the phytic acid and that the full-fat rice bran can partially replace other ingredients without negative effect on the performance of animals. In conclusion, the values for acetate of bean corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran were accurately analyzed in study 1, experiment 1. Pig diets can be formulated based on the acetate of pea and if rice bran and or phytase are used, 
the inclusion of MCP can be reduced or removed in corn soybean meal diets for growing pigs. For the overall conclusions, full-fat rice bran had higher digestible phosphorus than previously reported, microbial phytis improved the STTD of P in corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran, the in vitro procedure by Liu and his colleagues can be used to predict the in vivo phosphorus release in corn, soybean meal, and full-fat rice bran fed to growing pigs. Pig diets can be formulated based on STTD of P regardless of total P and available P. Lastly, inclusion of inorganic phosphorus can be reduced when rice bran and or phytase are included in the diet. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Dr. Ramon Sulabo of University of the Philippines Los Banos, Dr. Hanstein of University of Illinois, and JBS United for the realization and funding of this experiment. Also to my advisor and committee members, fellow graduate students in the University of the Philippines, and everyone who helped me in this experiment.